Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful that you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey everyone, welcome. As we are gearing up for moving season, which happens typically during the summer for many military families, we know that a lot of us are going to be relocating, which may or may not mean relocating spousal employment. So in this episode, we are going to talk about spousal employment, what the current picture is, what the climate looks like for military spouses seeking employment, and also an exciting new development. It's a couple of months old now at this point, but the Department of Defense paid internships. During our episode today, we are going to hear from our sponsor, Navy Mutual, and we will hear from them in just a little bit. Now let's get into it. Before we talk about the reality of military spouse employment and what that looks like to move and how we look for jobs and how we can find out about this new opportunity, we have to sort of look at what currently is happening. So historically, as a culture and also in the military, we've often had one income households, right? So we've had one earner, one breadwinner, if you will. And then we've had a spouse at home who may or may not be taking care of children, taking care of the home, may or may not also work either full-time, part-time, do philanthropy work, volunteer work, but some sort of labor in the home or outside of the home, right? So that's sort of the traditional model. And we see that as families have changed, as our culture has changed, we have a variety of different family structures. We have multi-generational households, we have split households, we have blended households, we have single parent households, we have all sorts of varieties. So, and we have dual working parents. So, to understand why this is important, we have to realize that our traditional model of one parent goes to work, typically it was, you know, man went to work and woman stayed home and had kids and that's how things looked on, you know, leave it to beaver or some of those 1950s models. And that's not the reality now. So, what does that mean for military families? Let's take a quick comparison when we're looking at unemployment numbers. This is something, especially as we get ready for campaign years, uh, this is a number you'll hear about a lot, created so many jobs, or this person will create this many jobs, or this person brought the unemployment rate to this. Okay, let's get a comparison. In our civilian counterparts, just the general public, the current unemployment rate hovers about three and a half percent, give or take a couple tenths of a percent, but about three and a half percent. Military spouse unemployment has hovered around the 22 to 25% mark for a very long time. But post-COVID, with all of the changes, with virtual schooling, and just the difficulty of the market currently, and some of changes of priorities for families coming out of the pandemic, we are still grappling with two things. One, a labor shortage for many industries, and also a difficulty finding meaningful work. A recent summit, the Hiring Our Heroes Military Spouse Employment Summit, which happened about mid-May of 2023, released their data that in their most recent survey, military spouses are reporting unemployment at about 10 times that civilian number. So we have three and a half percent in our civilian counterparts. Military spouses are 10 times that rate, right? So about a third of us are unemployed and wish to be working. Mind you, this isn't even the number of people who may have paused their job search due to season, family season, work tempo, military life, 
change in priorities, whatever that case may be. This is just people who wish they were working and are not. In addition to that, their numbers at the summit was about 42% of military spouses reported underemployment. So this is essentially not getting enough hours or enough pay that reflects your expertise and your experience, right? So we know that as we move as military families, when it comes to housing, when it comes to who's the emergency contact, when it comes to military spouse employment, we kind of take what we can get, right? And we try not to be too choosy, which has its ups and downs. On the upside, you can find you know housing, but in this instance, you can find employment quickly, but it may not reflect your expertise and your experience. So you're undervalued, you're underpaid, and some of that difficulty to further your career and advance in your career might be taken away because we often are moving consistently and kind of taking entry-level positions over and over and over while our service member continues to climb in their ranks and get through promotions. We see that we are kind of left behind, right? So this is not a new problem. I am a military spouse, but I was raised in the military. So I have been in this military life for a number of decades that we won't talk about. But I've been around long enough to know this isn't a new problem. It's kind of a new topic of conversation in the last five to 10 years of military spouses really raising their hands and saying, hey, you know, we've got advocates who are willing to carry this message for us. We want to talk about it. This is something that's really hard. And we know that, you know, there's data out there that currently in Western culture, especially in America, most households agree, about 67% of households agree that you need two incomes to function and do the things that are priorities for most families currently. So when we know that the majority agree we should have two incomes, but we have this high number of spousal unemployment in the military, how does that work, right? How is that sort of playing out in our military community? We know that food insecurity is also a common topic right now. It's something that's being discussed a lot, which is an economic status where you're not sure that you have enough resources to get what your family needs, to get enough nutrition to lead a healthy and active lifestyle, right? So it's not hunger, but it's just being insecure, not knowing that you're going to be able to get what you need. Well, that's secondary to having financial difficulties. So whether that's related to personal choices, shortage of pay, or loss of spousal income. So as different entities have been researching this, we have one organization, the Military Family Advisory Network, who actually put out some research and said, hey, let's look at this. Let's talk about this. Why is this happening? Families who have reported food insecurity, what are some of the things that are causing this? And there were a variety of different causal factors, one of which that was listed as one of their top you know, couple, I think they had six. One of their top ones was loss of spousal income. So sometimes that's related to a childcare shortage or it's related to relocating, especially if you relocate overseas or OCONUS, there's a lot more restrictions on where you can work on the local economy and what is sort of available to you. Now, we often hear, oh, well, there's the CDC, the child care center is hiring or the, the Express, you know, the clothing store is hiring. Well, military spouses are highly, highly educated. We hold degrees. Many of us hold at least associates, if not bachelor's or graduate degrees. So we have this highly educated, motivated workforce. And even myself, I have two degrees. I don't want to go take a job just a J-O-B job, right? I don't want to take a lower paying job that's not in my expertise that may or may not even cover the cost of childcare for me to go to work, right? So when we talk about military spouse employment, we're talking about both actual employment, we're talking about gainful, meaningful employment, employment that spouses are proud to have 
that they can continue in their careers, that it's not just a series of jobs, but you can see career development, right? That is sort of where this conversation has been going in the most recent years. We're going to talk a little bit about opportunities that are available and some of the changes that we are seeing. But first, let's hear a quick note from our sponsor, Navy Mutual. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high-quality, low-cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. Okay, welcome back. Now, we've already talked a little bit about what this picture looks like. Why are we talking about military spouse employment? What is difficult about it? Where are those pain points, right? So we know that carrying our jobs with us can be difficult. It also can be difficult to find employment. It is illegal for an interviewer or a potential employer to ask you about your marital status. But the fact remains that if you have a series of positions in different cities that align with military base locations, It's not difficult to figure out that you're moving around with the military. Some spouses are very open about it from the beginning saying, yep, we're here and I'm going to do this job for a set number of years and then and then I won't. Some spouses have had to lie about it in interviews. I remember telling somebody once that my husband works for a government agency and sometimes we have to move for his position, but we don't often have very much notice. But as of now, we don't have any plans to relocate. Technically, those were all true statements. The military is a government agency. My husband does work for them. We don't always have a lot of notice. And, you know, when you're arriving at a new duty station, you don't currently have orders to leave. So there's ways to talk around it, but it's also not fair. And it's one of the frustrating things in military spouse employment is not only am I relocating, but how how am I able to find a job? And for a while, and these things are great as well, there are lots of programs and both private and government that are geared towards giving spouses education or certificates or, um, hey, we're going to train you for this or we're going to do this. Well, those are great, but they don't help us get employment. I've heard many spouses say, we don't want another certificate. We don't want another class. We want jobs. (laughs) And for myself, having two degrees already, I don't need more pieces of paper that say that I'm eligible to do a job. I just want, you know, the job, the job that I've already invested a lot of time and energy and effort into learning about and growing a career in. So With that, one of the newest things that has happened is paid internships for military spouses. Now, the Department of Defense started just this year in 2023, a program called the Military Spouse Career Accelerator. And you can learn more about it on the Military OneSource website. So if you you Google, you know, Department of Defense, Military Spouse Careers, or Military Spouse Career Accelerator, or... um, DOD paid internships, any of those things are going to get you these links, right? They're going to pop up at the top of that Google search. This program, again, it's another program, but it is designed to give military spouses not only connections to employers, but to actually give them paid internships and fellowships, to actually connect you with an employer who does want to hire military spouses, who does see the value that military families play in their local communities and within their company. And they want to invest in those families and in those relationships. And so not only is it saying, here's a connection, but here is somebody who has raised their hand and wants to support families and is looking for employees like military spouses. Let's make a connection. And during this internship, it is paid. So there's an application process. You have to be accepted. Then there's a matching. 
a whole process. And if you are in a remote location like I am, you might be more limited on what's available versus if you're in a very big location and you can work with a company locally. That doesn't mean opportunities don't exist, but it might be more limited if you are at a small base or, you know, in a faraway place. But, and same thing if you're overseas, there's some stipulations on how that works. But this is a great step in the right direction to start creating opportunities for military spouses to not only find employment, but to actually have gainful employment with companies that value us and companies that pay us adequately. And oftentimes a lot of these positions are remote or telework eligible or flexible. So they understand because they've been matched into the accelerator program and the fellowship, they understand the reality of military life. They understand if you are on solo parent ops for a TDY or that you have to relocate and you might need a couple of weeks of flex time while you get set up in your new location. They understand and they have raised their hand to be here for it, to support their families and to support these employees who are military affiliated. Now, there's already there were already some programs that existed like this. For example, hiring our heroes has always been a very big advocate for military and veteran employment and military spouse employment. So they were one of the first to have this program to be connecting military affiliated individuals with employers. So these have been ongoing, but now we have them through the DOD and the Department of Defense is the largest employer in the world. So to have them backing it and saying, not only do we support our Department of Defense service members, but we support their families and we want to see their success because ultimately the success of military families is going to determine the success of our military and our national security. So it's been from that 1950s model to now, it's been a very long process. There have been lots of advocates that have gone before us and sort of paved this way and said, no, we can work. We can uphold the mission. We can support national security and still support the financial stability of our families as well. It's both. It doesn't have to be either or. It's both and. And it's really, really neat to see as someone who's been in the military community for a long time, it's very neat to see how far we've come. Now, if you want to know more about some of that advocacy work, there are a number of organizations that are still paving the way and are still raising these issues and saying, hey, this is going great. Let's talk about it more. One of which is the National Military Spouse Network. Now, they sponsor a day of advocacy every year. It just happened in early May. It was on Military Spouse Appreciation Day. And they truly contact legislators. And you can go to congress.gov, you can look up who your legislator is, or you can get in touch with this organization and they will help you find who is your legislator, who are your representatives on that federal level, who can help change some of this legislation. Case in point, there is an act, there's a piece of legislation for a military spouse employment tax credit. So a lot of employers get credit for diversity, equity, inclusion sort of um, initiatives. So, you know, whether you're hiring um, an individual with disabilities or somebody who's typically in a minority or, or somebody, you know, who's an immigrant who's first generation in this country, there's different things like that. And there's a big push to say, hey, military spouses are at a disadvantage. They are a disadvantaged group when it comes to seeking gainful employment. We would like to see a tax credit. And that just creates that incentive for employers who maybe hadn't considered hiring military spouses to say, oh, there is not only this great benefit of connecting with this community, but there's actually a tax benefit for my business or for myself as well. So this is just another way to create that conversation and start creating those connections between our 1%, less than 1% of our general population that's part of our all-volunteer force and our civilian counterparts in the communities where we live and work and serve. 
Again, this has been just a very, very high level view of military spouse employment. So we know that this has been an ongoing problem. We know that things are changing. There's conversations about it. There's opportunities. We can go to Military One Source and learn about these paid internships, any sort of connections through LinkedIn, hiring our heroes, and a number of other organizations are going to start helping people see what's available, what's there, what's available, how to benefit for their their own family or for those around them, and also what work is to be done in the future. What progress do we still have to be made? And all of those are areas that military families and military spouses or friends and family of military families can be involved. So even if you're not a military spouse, if you're a neighbor, a friend, or an active duty member listening to this episode, you can still contact your legislators. You can still say, hey, I think this is important. I would like to see you support this for military families. You can still contact organizations like Hiring Our Heroes and say, hey, how can I serve? How can I volunteer? How can I support in my local community? Here's where I live. What can I do? So there's a lot of this work and a lot of this progress that is carried forward by volunteers who really care about the cause. So I encourage you, if it's something that you are looking into for yourself, for your own employment benefit, definitely connect with these organizations. But even if it's something that you're interested in supporting and serving, you can also connect with these organizations like Hiring Our Heroes or the National Military Spouse Network and see where opportunities are to serve and to advocate and to carry this message forward. As always, thank you for being here today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. We appreciate the feedback and comments that you share with us as we support our military community. Thank you all so much for being a part of the Millhousing Nation. We appreciate you. The Millhousing Nation is where you will always have a community no matter where you are stationed.